0: Welcome back to the Ones Ready podcast. I'm here with uh, Brian Shamard. We just pulled you out of the ATA to talk to you. And we've been talking about getting an E5 on here for a long time. And the reason for that is, you are where the rubber meets the road. You do the job, which is, what's
1: your job, I'm sorry? Say it again, sir? What's your job? Uh, so I'm a 3Echo9 Seaburn uh, Defense Specialist. Uh, sorry? A 3Echo9 Seaburn Defense Specialist okay. and uh, an Air Advisor as well. And an
0: air advisor. What does that mean in, in like uh, regular people terms? What is what is your job?
1: Uh, so day-to-day, um, I'm a training NCYC and a logistics NCYC, so I handle your Seaburn Defense training on base. Okay. Um, and then the air advising. Uh, the pitch is uh, we train, advise, assist, equip, assess, and accompany. Uh, foreign military forces at the request of that government. And what we do uh, downrange is basically try to um, accomplish national defense strategy and national security strategy objectives uh, by, with, and through that partner. Yeah, no big deal. So. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> How do you
0: become an air advisor?
1: So I kind of got tagged uh, through a weird circumstance, um, obviously with a shift towards ACE um, and... What is you know, it? we got to explain ACE. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, Agile combat employment, right? So um, shifting towards a near-peer adversary and all that stuff. Our career field is trying to be a little bit more high speed. Uh, we're trying to move towards working to directly support EOD uh, and security forces uh, task forces. Uh, so they'll put the idea that I've heard floated around is a couple EOD techs, uh, a couple defenders, and then a couple of and def- defense specialists, and we'll just work as like a roving package. Once we get downrange, someone has a problem, they'll call our team to roll out, handle that problem, and go back.
0: I think it's safe to say that problem is not always going to fit neatly into the box of what you're... Adjusting. And no. so like you guys are, I mean much like we are, just like problem solvers.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, trying to find a solution rapidly uh, in an austere environment with what you have in the back of a Razor, essentially, so, and what everyone else is bringing to the team as well, so, yeah.
0: Where where are you from originally? Uh, Maine. Uh, Maine.
1: Maine, wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like... It's unusual, there's just not that many people up there, so like I don't meet a lot of folks from I Maine. How, how and why did you end up in the Air Force? So I'm actually in the Air National Guard in New Hampshire. Oh um, man, that's why you look happy. <laughs> I hate Guard yes, guys. Sir. All Guard guys are so happy and it drives me crazy. Yes sir. I'm yeah. sorry, keep going.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I I mean, I mean ended up joining for what most Guard kids do, college benefits. Um, I. I was 18, I think, when I joined, like I just turned 18, um, trying to find a school. I got accepted to UNH, which is the state school in New Hampshire, um, which is ironically closer than the main wing. <laughs> it was only an hour away, um, and I was like, okay. So I checked out the New Hampshire Air Guard, toured a couple jobs. Uh, I initially was going to join security forces. Um, they didn't actually have any openings in security forces when I was looking which I was, in hindsight, I'm very surprised. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, but they were like, hey, uh, there's this job called emergency management. They do burn, and they get to work with firefighters, security forces, and medical. I was like, okay, cool, I kind of hit all three. I get to do a little bit of everything. Uh, sure. So signed up, went to basic a couple months later. Tech school is about a year with our uh, on-the-job training, mission essential skills training. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, When I wasn't in semester in school, I was active duty. Uh, I volunteered to go to Costa Rica for a earthquake relief. I got activated for COVID, uh, deployed uh, for uh, Allies Refuge. And then uh, that last summer between the start of my AGR tour, which is active guard reserve, so full-time guardsman, uh, I went to air advisor school, got picked up for that AFSC to get that extra skill set, try to spearhead that that whole new ACE concept for EM. yeah, now here I am. I don't know how I'm here. <laughs> no, no. I mean,
0: what? But you say yes to a lot of things. It sounds like I say right? I, I say
1: yes to everything.
0: And I, I, people will ask me like, How did you get to where you are in your career? And I'm like, I am. I just say yes. If there's an opportunity, yeah, go for it. And I think that's one of the things about the Air Force in general, not just like special warfare or whatever, right? Yeah. That there's so much opportunity out there, and if you're motivated and you just volunteer for stuff and you're willing to get the job done, you can yeah. kind of write your own ticket. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, what was it? Middle to end of August, I was in the jungle in Hawaii with a bunch of Marines doing uh, combat skills training. Uh, And now I'm here, so it's a stark difference between my last time going out the door and and now. Uh, Just actually cycled back for a DV with my uh, wing command staff to BMT. So we were at the BMT graduation, got to see it all over again. It's a weird full circle thing that's happening right now. It is weird to go back, right? It's weird. It's a little weird. It's exactly the same. Yeah,
0: and then like you, you can smell it in your you life. I know it. exactly what all those kids are thinking, or not, yeah. not kids, airmen, I'm sorry. You can see it
1: in their eyes, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I was just there five years ago, and now I'm, now I'm the other side of it, and it's a weird. That's, I mean, have you been AGR the whole time? Five years is not that long for you to accomplish. No, uh, I have well, so I'll tag in and out on orders when I can between either state, active duty orders, uh, title 10, you know. Uh, or Title 32, depending on whatever the activation is. If it's a deployment, or if it's a local tour. Um, but if I haven't been full time at school, which I just graduated last fall, um, I've been on a full time status, and I've been AGR since I graduated in uh, December. So January up to now, this got re upped for another year, and hopefully it'll be permanent. So
0: nice. Can yeah. you can you explain that? So one of the weird things about the Guard Ordnance things is the titles. Yes. Because you guys have some some wicked flexibility with yeah. things that you can do because of the different titles. So Active Duty is only Title 10 yeah. and there's a lot of restrictions on what we can do, especially stateside, yes. uh, but you all have the, the other titles, and what does that enable you all to do?
1: Yeah, so as far as putting titles to what we use for slang, uh, I don't know which uh, United States code attributes to which slang term, because um, it, it always changes. But uh, basically you have your AGRs or you have your activation. So if you get tagged to deploy, then you just assimilate into an active duty squadron, you know, or active duty wing downrange, uh, and you're the same as someone that, you know, joined for four years full active duty. That's Title X, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, then you have your AGR, which is Active Guard Reserve. So that's for Air Reserve Command and Air National Guard. Uh, if you're going to be a full-time guy, you're in that status. Uh, we effectively get treated the same as if we were deployed or anything like that. We get the same benefits. Uh, we get the same bonus pays, everything like that. Uh, sometimes you can game the game with your BAH, depending on where you live. Uh, New Hampshire is notorious for a high uh, property tax, so our BAH is rather high. Right. So you can game the game a little bit there and kind of uh, pick and choose, but the only difference is you don't PCS. Right. Right. So wherever your base is, your base is. I mean, there are guys at my wing that have been there for 20 to 30 years the entire time. That, I mean, that's a, a big selling point, right? It's a huge selling point, yeah. Uh, Then you have temporary technicians uh, or temporary AGRs, uh, I should say, I should start with them. That's what I am right now. Uh, So that's just instead of a permanent, hey, you're here till you retire, they do it on a year-to-year. So every year you just work to get it renewed. You just have to justify why they should spend the money on you. Um, and then the last one is the temp technician, uh, that one you're on, it's almost like you're a civilian, but you just have to wear this as opposed to wear that. Right. Um, so you have like a 40 hour a week time card. You have to punch in, punch out. Uh, you have different sick leave and all that stuff. You, you work through basically a civilian pay system, but you wear the uniform. So there's like a couple different umbrellas you can fall under. That's wild. But, yeah, there's plenty of opportunity in the guard. I always tell anyone that's thinking about joining to, like, seriously look at the guard. Uh, I love it. You know, everyone says why don't you go back to duty man I just I love the guard no oh, I know all the smiles and
0: everything yeah uh, one of the questions I always get or or I have I guess is how many slots are available in the guard though you know because is it difficult to get your foot in the door initially
1: it can be uh, it all depends on what your wing is uh, so I'm gonna having a refueling wing right now Um It's not as high of a tempo as some of the other wings, like fighter wings, that, depending on where you are, have a real world response mission of, okay, if someone heads into US airspace, they gotta go up. Um, So it all depends on what your wing is and how long people have been there, is the other thing. There's the common phrase that, like, oh, you have to wait for somebody to retire or die. Yeah. Uh, That does apply a little bit. yeah, but at most wings, you can generally find at least a drill status guardsman spot, which is your traditional one weekend a month, two weeks a year. You can find a spot in just about any AFSC, as long as that AFSC is at that base. So, uh, special warfare, I know that's, you know, obviously a ones ready deal. There's very limited guard opportunities for special warfare. Uh, it does broaden out a little bit when you start looking at things like EOD, because uh, they're attached to CE. Um, but then outside of that, you have to be looking at a guard base that's tended with a rescue squadron if you want to go PJ, or um, if you want to go SR, or CCT, or something like that, TacP. Again, you have to tend it in with with a base that has an AFSOC mission. So, yeah, it, it does narrow that pool a little bit. But
0: I have a random question, and I'm sorry, okay. ahead of time. How old are you?
1: I'm 23. You're 23. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so
0: you knocked this out. You finished your degree. Yep. You've done all these things. There is talk amongst you know crusty old people about your generation, right? And I'm sure you've heard it. You've done all these difficult things. Like, how how did you get through the hard parts? Because it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows. And did you have any problems going through like BMT or tech school or any of those things? Or, uh, and you know when things did get hard,
1: what? How were you able to get past that? Uh, I don't know. That's that's a bit of a loaded one. Um. I guess like with my generation, you definitely do come across a lot of the stuff that your generation may complain about. We'll say to put it gingerly, but you do have one or two um, that try to give us a good name. I would say, and they they're older than their age, Um, so you know they recognize the reputation that comes with being the young gun, Um, and you accept the responsibility of, okay, I have to represent my generation well and this next generation is going to be replacing all these guys that are going out the door soon uh, and you really have to hard charge for it. So, like, for me, uh, one of my career goals, which is admittedly difficult, is Ranger School. Um, I want to go. I have since, you know, I was 12 and I heard about it first on Surviving the Cut, you know. (laughs) Yeah, marketing works, right? Marketing works. Um, And, you know, when it comes to just Stuff getting hard and wanting to push through it, it's the one is, okay, I'm not just representing myself, but I'm representing a whole generation of zennials, you know, whatever um, it is, yeah. whatever you want to call us, uh, that is starting to get a bad rap, and, you know, I need, to, I need to set that example for everybody else that I'll be replacing, like, okay, we are in good hands, these guys can't handle it, and also, this is nothing compared to what I want to do eventually, so if I can't get through this, what are you doing here, you know, and that kind of brings you back.
0: And I think every generation has that, the same mentality, right? Like, I remember being, you know, the young guy, and all I want to do, like, I'm never going to live up to, like, what I thought the guys that came before me yeah. were. Like, I still have my idols. So I'm still trying to make them proud to this day. Yeah. And I don't think that's any different. You know, I think it's just, like, it's it's just more on the open, you know, internet and all that other stuff, yeah. everybody complaining about it because everybody has a voice now. Yes. But I, I honestly don't think there's any difference between, you know, what you're going through trying to, like, you know step into the shoes of the generation before you than us. I think it's all the same stuff, but like it's, it's hyper motivating yeah. to meet someone, you know, I'm getting older, Meet someone like you, 23 years old, you're a staff sergeant, you've done more things than, you know, I ever did in my career, I think by the time I was 23. But uh, man, it's, it's hyper motivating to meet someone like you and I, I appreciate what you're doing out there. Yes, sir, thank you, that, that means a lot, so. Yeah, and, and thanks for, you know, snap off the carpet uh, well, yeah. and, and thanks for sitting down with us and uh, dude, best of luck in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we're out here. Thanks, y'all.